We're back. Again. We're, we're always back. Where did we go? How about we're here? Uh, we're oh, in your uh, ears. We're here in your ears. And now we're in your brain. With episode 24. That doesn't rhyme. Well, the rhyming part comes after it. The right. Announcement okay. of the episode. Okay. That's true. Okay. So welcome to episode 24 of Mid... Uh, it's Midwest Vegan Radio, but welcome to episode 24. We hope it doesn't make you snore. <gasps> it's not going to na- make them snore. It's going to bring them joy galore. Ah! Is it, or would it be joys galore? Aww. I think galore implies plural, pluralities. All right. <laughs> did you like that? Pluralities. I did. I did. Yeah. That was a nice big That's word. That's pretty good. All right. Mm-hmm. I think we're ready. We're ready. You're listening to Midwest Vegan Radio. We're sharing all our secrets. <laughs> We're sharing all of our secrets just for you special listeners. With your hosts, Dallas. That sounds so good. And Ryan. Pass the news. Welcome back. Mm, you beat me. <laughs> Ryan beat me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Dallas. What up, Elliot? He's Hi. over there. Hello. <laughs> it's always over there. Yeah. Over there. But today, actually. Over there. That's like a war song, isn't it? I think I'm here and you guys are over there. Yeah. <laughs> you are in this one because yeah. you're in my, you're in, in the, the hot captain's seat. chair. Yes. <laughs> you're in my spot today. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, today we are going to talk about... <laughs> Am I going deaf? Ryan keeps telling me that I'm shouting. <laughs> sounds good to me. It sounds good to you. Okay. I just, I'm not used to sitting next to you, and Maybe I feel like it. you're very loud in my ear, which isn't probably Because you're usually way over there, where Elliot is. Yeah, sounds good from here. I'm just a loud mouth. All right. Sorry. <laughs> okay, hopefully, I'm not, sh- I am not actually shouting, I don't know. Um, but today, and I'm sure nobody cares about our production issues. Today, we are going to talk about... On Midwest Vegan Radio. <laughs> And Mystery Science Theater. Or no, that's Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> it's totally different. I think we should play Mystery Science Theater. Maybe we should talk about what we're supposed to. Which would be... <laughs> which would be adoption fees. Yes. Um, on companion animals. Putting a price on animals. Ugh. That are going up for adoption. Now... So I don't know how many of our listeners do rescue work. Um, but I believe that many rescue or many of our listeners have probably adopted animals, adopted companion animals. I sure hope so. Or from a shelter or something. If you're getting them, you should be getting them from somewhere good. Yep. Otherwise, we will be hunting you down. We'll be hunting them? Yes. We're going to be hunting people? Because they deserve it. If they're buying animals from where they shouldn't be. But if they did without knowing... And this knowing, is the example of a vegan being very judgmental. What if they did it before they knew? I was probably purchased from a breeder. You purchased a dog who was breeder? Probably from a breeder. How, who did you purchase a dog from? A long time ago. Oh, but you... you before I was vegan. Yeah. Oh, and you didn't know who they were? Right. Oh. Well, I'm not going to hunt you down. You know better now. That's what I'm saying. You can't be judgmental against people that didn't know. So I was involved in rescue for several years. Heavily, heavily involved in rescue. And one of the things that came up 
regularly in the group that I was involved with was adoption fees and how to, well, many things about them, how to explain them, um, dealing with taxes around them, dealing with um, actually setting the adoption fees and trying to figure out, you know, what what is an appropriate amount, monetary amount mm -hmm. to ask for in exchange for a life. Right. Um, you know, when you're doing that, you, you know, just putting, uh, trying to put a value on anyone's life is tough. It's kind of, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe insurance people deal with this or, yeah. or juries or something deal with this. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just bizarre given that, you know, as abolitionists, we don't believe that animals should be considered property or right. should be property. Um, yet we encourage, promote and support rescue so much. And a necessary part of rescue is adoption fees because you absolutely have to have some funds to pay for vet bills and, you know, transportation and mm -hmm. the, all of the fees that go along with running a nonprofit organization that does all these things to save lives. So there, there needs to be a source of income for that. And adoption fees are one way to get that. I was actually involved in the same rescue as you, if you're as long as you're talking about the same one that I was involved in. And the piece of the, what I did for that organization was um, kind of the, almost the very first step. So people would apply and I would call their references and things like that. Every now and again, I would have contact with them for a variety of reasons if I needed more information or if I got a bad phone number or something. And I was always surprised, and I don't know why, but I was always surprised whenever anybody brought up, you know, that they thought they didn't want to pay as much or that they, there should be, you know, oh, is there, any, is there any way we could lower the adoption fees? And there was only one time where I actually felt like the woman's request to lower the adoption fee was not inappropriate. And that's because she was adopting a dog that I think was, do you remember this dog? I think the dog was blind and or deaf and was possibly um, not necessarily completely mobile. Some The dog had very, very serious... Um, Special needs. Limitations, yep. And... Um, to adopt this dog, she was going to have to spay, neuter, I don't know which, but she had two dogs already that were not, is fixed an inappropriate word? Yeah, I, yeah, fixed is a fine word. Okay, they were, they were not, um, de- <clears throat> De-sexed. De-sexed, okay. Which is ickier than fixed in my mind. But... Okay, well, they, they had not- because the female dog had been in an accident or something and was deemed by the vet as sterile. Yes. And the male like didn't really matter because the female was, so she didn't um, take care of that. And in order to adopt the dog, because this organization required that if there were any other dogs that they needed to be taken care of in that way. And so she was going to essentially have to pay over $1,000 to adopt this special needs dog. And so she asked if there was anything, you know, if any way we could lower the adoption fees. And even though we didn't and thing, we did end up working out a different situation with her, um, that was the only time I thought that, that was a legit question. Every time that it came up otherwise, I was just like, are you serious? Go get a free dog on, on 
Craigslist. Well, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that we had, you know, we as rescuers were considering is, you know, like if somebody is going to balk at an adoption fee, then what, are they not going to buy quality food? Or if a dog needs to go to the vet, are they right. going to say no to that? You know, what, what are they going to skimp on heartworm medication or flea medication, you know, like flea prevention medication or, you know, I mean licensing what what else if you cannot afford an adopt you know a relatively modest adoption fee which i think for the privilege of bringing home somebody who is going to bring so much joy and enrich your life so much and it's not about you anyway i mean it's right. really about what you're doing for somebody else it should be um you know asking for 300 or 400 dollars for an adoption fee to support an organization that is saving lives <laughs> right? Um, is really nothing. But it's Not just... only that, but if you were, I mean, if you were to get a certain kind of dog, if you wanted a certain kind of dog, and the organization that we both worked with had particular breeds of dogs that people tend to want. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily purebred or anything like that, but just, you know... Smaller breeds of dogs, these kind of teacup and smaller dogs. I mean, you're going to pay a premium for those. If you were to get them through a breeder, you would pay a premium for them anyway. Yeah. The dog that, that I bought probably from a breeder was um, a Yorkie Palm. Mm -hmm. And she was $500, $500 excuse me, not from a rescue and had not been fixed. No, nope. you know you needed. I think to do she all did have. Work. She had shots or something. She had appropriate. Puppy shots. Yeah, mm -hmm. but she wasn't. She was not um, fixed and microchipped. She wasn't microchipped. You know, and yeah. we paid because we wanted a small dog breed. We paid five hundred dollars for this dog. Yep. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, people have this idea that rescue dogs are damaged goods, so therefore they should be. You know, like people have this idea that they're doing us a favor or they're doing the dog a favor by which you are. I mean, you're saving somebody's life. But if you honestly have that attitude, like I'm doing this because I want to do something good for someone else, then you're not going to be the kind of person that <laughs> that's going to have an issue with paying an adoption fee. So it was really interesting because the way that people related to the adoption fee amount told us a lot about who that person was going to be mm -hmm. um, when it came to, you know, how they're going to relate to that animal. And so, uh, yeah, but it was still kind of weird. And, you know, we're thinking, okay, well, we want to save these lives. This is really important. Um, you know, there's so many that need places to go. And this is also something that we wrestled with, too, just in how picky we were. Because, obviously, I mean, any dog that we were taking care of, we want them to go to the very best homes, you know. But... How many, how many of those very best homes are there, you know, and at what point Not are many. we going to sell, you know, where are we going to settle? Are we going to self settle for, you know, there's the very best home. There's a really good home. There's just a good home. There's a decent home, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, if it's below decent, we're not going to consider it, but it is hard because, you know, <laughs> there are just so many. And so. You know, and a lot of a lot of times too, with the special needs issues or senior dogs, people would say, "Well, those really should be marked down." You know, yeah, <sighs> because like their clearance. Yeah, I know, which really drives me insane, especially having, 
you know, I mean, I adopted my boy Max when he was three. I adopted Warren when he was about one and a half and they were young. But they're, you know, now Max is 11 and a half, Warren is nine and a half. And I look at them and, you know, I would just get so angry whenever somebody would say something to me about, you know, oh, well, they're old and therefore they're not, they're not worth as much because they're old. Well, that kind of speaks to how our society treats exactly, people that exactly. are aging anyway. Exactly. Any being that's aging apparently well, is of no and the value. Other thing, and I'm thinking, well, that's a perfect argument for keeping their adoption fees higher because they're going to have increased medical expenses. You know, if you can't, mm-hmm. if you cannot afford a basic adoption fee, you know, or you're going to have an issue with that, then what happens you know, I mean, it's, you can't get insurance on animals that are, you know, the, the older they are, the harder it is to get insurance on them. You're going to be paying out of pocket, you know, or if they have a pre, uh, what do they call it? Pre-existing condition. Pre-existing condition, then that's going to be a difficult animal to insure. So you're going to need to be willing to shell out some money in order to give them the care that they deserve. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, it's like when you've got millions of animals being put down every year. And there's somebody who's saying that they're willing to take them. They just want to not take them for that much money. I don't know. It's a very (laughs) weird, weird conversation to have. The other thing, too, is um, it was bizarre that we had to charge sales tax on adoption (laughs) fees because legally animals are considered property. And so these are, you know, we call them adoption fees. But the way that the government looks at it is a sale because animals are property. And therefore, we needed to charge sales tax as applicable to the county in which the person, quote unquote, buying the merchandise lives. And so we were, you know, our rescue was constantly, you know, being an abolitionist and (laughs) running this rescue, um, you know, there was wording in there in our contracts and everything that said, look, we have to charge sales tax because it's the law. We don't believe that this, you know, we do not consider this a sale and we do not want you to look at this as a sale. This is something that we have to do because the government request, you know, requires us to, and we need the IRS to like us in order for us to continue to save lives. So we have to do this, but you know, this, what you are doing is, you know, you are, you are making a gesture saying that, yes, I believe in what your organization is doing and I'm supporting your work by giving you this to help cover the costs of, you know, the, all of the things that we made sure happened, which, you know, lots of times the other thing, too, is that people say, well, oh, I could go to Craigslist and I could get a dog for 50 bucks or, you then know, do for free. I. And, and I would always say, okay, well, you know, we have made sure that this dog is up to date on shots. They're spayed and neutered. They're microchipped. They've had a heartworm test. You know, oftentimes we've treated them for an ear infection or a respiratory infection or had a you know, a cyst removed or a tumor removed or gotten a behavioral assessment done or whatever. And, um, most of the adoptions that, you know, for the last year that I was there, we were taking in so many special needs dogs and so many senior dogs that would stay with us for quite a while because they're not the ones that, that people want, unfortunately. Um, for the most part, I mean, there are amazing people out there who recognize that, you know, again, like, if you are willing to open your home and heart to somebody who, you know, is older or who has special needs, you can get so, you can get so much out of that relationship. That's just, you cannot put a price on that. Can you I say something really inappropriate? What? Always. <laughs> I, and I hope, 
that I don't offend you, but I think you know me well enough that I think you understand where my where my heart is and that I'm not necessarily a bad person. When I got my cat, I got her from the Humane Society, I intentionally adopted an older cat because, one, she's not going to be running around all over the place, scratching everything. You know, she's going to be litter box trained probably unless yeah. she had serious behavioral issues. But if she was at a shelter, she would have been put down for behavioral issues. So, I mean, I adopted an older animal because for selfish reasons. She's not going to be acting like a kitten, which I don't want to deal no. with. And two, because I do have, I don't want to say I have commitment issues because I don't necessarily have commitment issues, but as somebody that doesn't know really what I want out of life, not that everybody does, but I don't, I feel like adopting an older animal is a less long-term commitment. It is. And if... 10 years from now, or, I mean, how, she was six, so, she, and she's, I think she's 11 now, um, or maybe 12, but, you know, when you're adopting older animals, they're not going to live as long. Yep. And so, in a really morbid, selfish way, it's less of a commitment. It is. And actually, I don't, I don't think that that's an inappropriate thing to say at all. I think it's incredibly appropriate, because, I mean you considered what it was that was going to be a good match for you so that you okay. could make a lifelong commitment to that animal. Right. And if you are not, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people don't think that way. Everyone wants puppies you know, and kitties. Every, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there are, I think special needs is a little bit different than considering, you know, seniors. But I, again, I wanted a, you know, I wanted an older cat when we adopted. Um, I... Kittens are cute. I do not enjoy living with kittens. I mean, mm -hmm. the... Oh, God. I mean, I we had kittens when I was tiny because my mom brought some home and my baby lived to be 22 years old. You know, mm -hmm. she is 22. That's a huge commitment. Um, and the, other, the only other kittens I lived with were um, some, like, semi-feral kittens that... Oh, it was so sad. I, I fostered them briefly, but um, some firefighters had found them underneath their mom who had died on top oh. of them, like protecting them at a um, fire scene. Oh. And they, you know, I'd gotten, I'd fostered them. And so they had been living outdoors and who knows, but I mean, they were traumatized uh, clearly, yeah. but there were a couple of kitties and they were like climbing the curtains and all over the place and just running around. It was insane. They bite and claws and all this stuff. So I did not want to do that again. That was not mm -hmm. something I wanted to do. So, um, you know, when I decided that I wanted to adopt, you know, I know that it's harder for older animals to be placed generally, and I'm hoping that this podcast, this episode will help um, get people to reconsider adopting senior and special needs animals. Because oftentimes, you know, they're, it's such an insignificant thing, usually. I mean, maybe they need a medication or, you know, somebody's intimidated by the idea that, the, that an animal couldn't see as well or something. But mm -hmm. once you actually kind of live with them and see... It's just, it just becomes part of your world. It's not that big a deal. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to adopt a senior, and we adopted a nine-year-old cat who, in my mind, considering my cat died at 22, That's was like still even... really, really young, right. you know? So, but he was, cons I mean, he was marked as senior, mm -hmm. and now he's what? He's like 14, and mm -hmm. 
still doing just great and, you know, would be considered senior, but um, perfect for us because he's chill and right. he's just awesome. And then, you know, I was at a conference um, with an animal rights conference with my husband and we heard a woman from Alley Cat Allies speak. Great organization that does, that focuses on um, trap neuter release programs for feral cat colonies and um, huge advocates for cats and outdoor cats and stuff. But they were, there was a woman speaking and she gave a statistic that blew me away. I mean, it just floored me. She said that 78% of cats who end up in shelters in the United States are killed. Yeah, I don't think that's surprising. And it, it surprised me. Even as, you know, an animal rights person, and I think even, you know, we were even, I was doing rescue at that time. Granted, I was doing dog rescue. Why would that surprise you? Um, Nobody's adopting. I shouldn't say nobody. People are adopting, but as education grows. But, I mean, people want specific breeds, and they want, they want kittens, and they want puppies, and... I mean, why I would it surprise you? Maybe because I live in a bubble that is rescue and I live in a bubble that is veganism or something. And that's Elliot, just does not... that surprise you at all? That 78% of cats and, or what was this? This was a few years ago. I don't know what the statistic is now, but 78% of cats who end, who are in, sh- go to shelters end up being killed. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, I think there is sort of a stigma about adopting, about shelters. That everyone wow. wants something from a pet store. I just, yeah, everyone I don't know. Everyone wants a puppy or a kitten. Well, the I can, you know, with cats, I just had a conversation with a woman from a local rescue here, but I I was part of a dog rescue and um and I do know, I mean, cats are kind of re- regarded as like a dime a dozen. I mean, yeah, people oh, let definitely. them people let them outside and they just kind of presume that they're going to not come back or they'll be hit by a car, or, you know, that's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. And I I think cats are very undervalued. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we just did an episode about snakes, but, yeah. <laughs> and cats are way more valued than snakes. But still, I mean, people just dime it, a dozen is a perfect way to describe yeah, people's kind of like, attitudes oh, about. They cat. just they come and go, and another one will come along if whatever. Yeah. Like you can just get another one easy if something happens. Oh yeah, free kittens, and you know, oh, oh I, yeah. I picked up a kitten, and oh, we got tired of the kitten, and you know, they got too old or whatever, but. You know, I, re- I wanted another older cat. I wanted another senior, but everything I read on the internet said, if you have an older cat and you're going to bring another one into the home, Bad idea. you need to go with a young one. You need to go with a kitten. I really did not want to do a kitten, but I also want, I mean, I knew that we could help one of those 78%, you know, like that right. we could give a home to somebody. And this again, shouldn't be about me all the way. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we ended up adopting an 11 month an 11-month-year-old cat who'd been in um, the Pound, the Humane Society, and foster care for nine of his 11 months. He was <laughs> he was dumped off at two months and had not been adopted. So I figured, okay, <laughs> nobody's taken him at this point, you know, because I always think, oh, everybody wants the kittens. Um, so I didn't I didn't want to take a cat that was going to be snapped up easily, you know, quickly. But we adopted Milo and. It's been a rough ride anyway, but you know, I'm kind of in my mind, I'm thinking, God, I could be 50 and still have Milo, mm-hmm. which scares me. You know, I don't know about, I mean, now it's, it's, I've made that commitment. I, we obviously went that way, but that's, it's, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm all for adopting the older ones and spay and neuter, spay and neuter, spay and neuter as many times as you can. 
Um, Only once per animal. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to keep going. But, you know, just that it's so, so incredibly important. Um, but anyway, the whole idea of like putting a price tag on animals is really uncomfortable. And, you know, maybe people out there who do rescue work or, you know, who maybe, I don't know, just as vegans, lots of times people think that we are, you know, if there's an animal issue of any kind, we are supposed to have the answer about how to address that. So I don't know, maybe just conversation will be helpful at some point if somebody gets asked about adoption fees and, you know, well, if you don't want me to buy from a pet store, why should I just buy from a, you know, rescue groups? Aren't they just selling too? Right. <clears throat> Cause you know, they're, this rescue group charges more than at the humane society, which is something that very, we got very as well, true. which is true. Um, you also don't kill anybody <laughs> and the humane society kills almost everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that it, we also, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into that, but in any event, um, that's just, that's just our thoughts on adoption fees. Do you have anything to say about that, Elliot? No. <laughs> You're you so, covered, uh, you covered everything. You're so easy. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, but I just, and also I wanted to take a moment to, you know, just give an acknowledgement to everybody out there who has adopted a homeless animal or who has fostered or who has donated or who has, you know, volunteered with a rescue <clears throat> in some way and really encourage you to, you know, get familiar with the no-kill rescues in your area. And if you ever kind of come up with a, just, just get familiar with what's around you. And, um, you know, you, you're vegans, you've got an idea of the abolitionist thing. One thing to check out might be, um, you know, just asking some questions about the, you know, looking at, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, looking at a rescue's adoption process, ado you know, adoption mm. placement process to get a feel of who they're, who they are and what they're about and the more rigorous their adoption process is the better <laughs> in my estimation because that means that they really are trying to place these animals with the exact right home they don't want to see them coming back and nobody has a crystal ball and sometimes things don't work out but it's and not every no-kill rescue is good either not every no-kill rescue is good either the you there are horror stories about those and some are true um but there you know, are crappy this, people everywhere, it turns out. There, yeah, it turns out there there are. But, you know, honestly, rescue work is direct action. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it is directly saving animals' lives, taking animals out of dangerous situations, abusive situations, you know, taking them out of places where they would be killed otherwise, and getting them to safety. So if you are, you know, somebody who cheers when you hear about I don't know, like a whaling ship being sunk or hmm. you cheer when you hear about animals being liberated from a mink farm or, you know, taken out of laboratories or whatever. Um, lots of times the people who are doing rescue work, I mean, they're heroes too. They may not be wearing black masks and getting on the news, <laughs> but they don't necessarily use bolt cutters and it's not as sensational, but honestly, they are, they are, absolutely making a difference for those individual animals that come through their through their homes and 
through their groups. So make sure you do what you can to support them. It's important work. So if somebody in town is looking to get either a new dog or a new cat in the Twin Cities per se, what is the protocol? Where should they go online? How do they proceed with that? Is there one main sort of Well, yeah, I mean, anywhere in the United States, petfinder.org is a great website. Um, That's where I found all, almost all of mine. Actually, I did find one on Craigslist. You can sort by all sorts of uh, specific things. You can sort pet, by yep. You can sort by zip code, and breed, and age, and gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that give you um, rescues, humane society? Yep. Oh, it's a lot of rescues. That, that, okay, that gives you sort and of everything yep, yep. that's around. Yeah, yep. cool. Animal control facility. I mean, it's it's okay. a place where people can go. It's kind of weird. It's almost I think of Petfinder as like a cross between a dating service and eBay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because you're. You're looking for somebody who's going to be a good match for you, right? But the way that it's set up is that you know you can you can search by categories and proximity, and you know you're they're going to have adoption fees listed mm-hmm. there. Um, but really, I mean, if you see an adoption fee that's high, thumbs up to that group. There's probably a reason for that. <clears throat> and honestly, I always felt no matter how high we had an adoption fee that it wasn't really high enough because this is someone (laughs) this is someone we're talking about i mean i don't know it's it's huge and if you have adopted too and you care about what that you know you you want to keep supporting every year around the um around the holiday time i would send a card with a photograph and you know an update about who I adopted and a donation just to let people know it's a huge, I I can tell you from doing rescue work, it means the world to rescue people to know that, that, you know, that little one that came through their program is cherished Mm -hmm. and, you know, really getting all of the love and, you know, being spoiled and just adored for who they are. And that, you know, that's, don't forget the rescue people. Yeah. When you're, you know, thinking about who to acknowledge for the holidays or whatever, it's it's a good thing to do that. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, there's that's what I have to say on that. Elliot has nothing left. And do you yeah. have anything you want to add? Just beer. <laughs> I have beer left. Beer has nothing to do with <laughs> rescues. I have whiskey left. I'm on beerfinder.com. <laughs> and there's <laughs> Dallas the straight edger with orange juice. Yes. Jewish orange juice. With her her Jewish homeless orange juice. (laughs) That is an inside joke and really not as offensive as it sounds, I think. I don't think it's at all offensive. (laughs) Okay. So, can we move on to our product review? Sure. Cool. Product review. Product review. We're gonna do a product review. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our product review... For this episode is EcoPlanet non-dairy cheese crackers, cheddar crackers. Yes. And I am a fan of these. I also am a fan of those. Um, I grew up eating Ritz. Is that? No, no. Ritz are the round ones. Nib. What are they? Nibs or cheeses. Cheez-Its. That's it. (laughs) Nibs are the licorice. No, I think there's a a cheddar cracker that's a nib. Oh, really? Or is it a nip? Nip. Are they nips? Which is not nipples, but nips. 
cheese it. That's why they're so popular. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I yeah. swear there's a cheddar cracker that's like nip. nibs. Nibs are Twizzlers. Yeah, that's a cherry Twizzler. Yeah, I really like those. Yes. What? We're not prepared? That's the best candy. <laughs> Let's what? review those. Yeah, right. Anyway, so I grew up eating Cheez-Its because my mom was a Cheez-It freak. Loved Cheez-Its and that red box. Um, but, so, yeah, I went vegan and didn't eat any more Cheez-Its. But now I can have Eco Planet. And they're so cute. They taste like just the same as any other cheddar cracker. Um, their little shapes are like a sun yeah. and a Prius it's like a, an electric car and a a wind a wind turbine, and there's something else. Maybe it's like a person on a bicycle or so. I don't know what it is. It's they are kind of weird shapes. They're funny shapes. They're, they're very all, tasty. And I, I like the wind turbine. It was cheese nips. Cheese nips. Not to be confused with cheese nipples. <laughs> Made by Nabisco or Kraft. <clears throat> but those are icky. Yes, don't eat those. But if you did like those, mm -hmm. and you want to eat something similar, Eco Planet. Yeah. Yum. They're yum, and you can get them probably on their website, or you can... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we they're, they're sold in the Twin Cities at Ethique Nouveau, um, and I know that there are some online stores that carry them. Does Whole Foods have them? No. Um... The, at least not here. Maybe, I know Food Fight should have them. Maybe like Vegan Essentials, Cosmos, Pangea. Yeah, we will. Um, we'll link to Yeah, there'll be links. Where to buy them online. But um, anyway, they're good. I think the only thing that is a little bit of a bummer about them is that they're so good that it's hard not to eat the whole box at once. It is really, really hard not to do that. So, yeah. Be forewarned on that one. Yeah, because they're just—it's so—they're snack food. It's really easy. It to is just really keep going. easy to eat the entire box. <laughs> so, yum. All right. Yeah. Time for the green challenge. Yeah. It's time for the green challenge. Green challenge. Green challenge. There's no gloves. There's no swords. No white suits. Uh uh. It's just green challenge. You're just doing the earth a solid. Okay. This green challenge is about cars and it's about driving them. So I know that cars are not the greenest thing. It is? Yeah, it's about, it's about cars, isn't it? Oh. Unless cars are lint rollers, I have a lint roller in my car. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep talking about cars because I just started, I, I, I went off our script apparently. <laughs> yeah, oh, like well. we have a script. Oh well. Well, I've got a loose a loose outline. All right. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about cars. So, I am not a mechanic. I don't know a lot about this, but cars are, you know, they're not green. They're really screwing up the planet big time. But one thing that you can do to make your car a little bit greener, even if it's not electric or a hybrid, is you can make sure to keep your tires inflated properly. Mhm. Mm because Having better, uh, the proper, I don't know, tire pressure in your tires will get, you know, get the most out of your mileage for your car. And then you're using a little bit less gas. And it's also, I think, I think it might just be better for the car in general. It it's is. wear and tear. Um, so then you're less, I don't know, trips to the mechanic and it'll save you money. 
<clears throat> so it does save gas for sure. It absolutely does. And I guess you're going to have to figure out for your particular model what the pressure should be and how to make that happen. Because this you... is not Garage Logic or whatever that show is on NPR. Uh, What's car this? Talk? Oh, Car Talk. Yeah. Yeah. This we are not click and clack. No. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Just that's your homework. Go figure that out. Maybe you can call them, <laughs> call them, and ask them how to how to do that. But um, I think that my car just tells me when my tire pressure is getting low. That's because you have a smart sure. car. Because it's really smart and makes my life easy that way. Um, I bet when you get an oil change... And I also have change, a husband that will take care of that. And I just say, make sure that happens, please. And he'll do that, which is nice. When you get an oil change, they will do that for you. Oh, yeah. Which or they you should, should be anyway. doing every three months. Or 3,000 miles. Or 3,000 miles. Three so they three. say. So, um, I'm actually overdue for an oil change by a couple hundred miles. Uh, Beep uh, just had his oil changed on Tuesday. When was your last oil change, Elliot? Oh, it's been a while. Listeners want to know. Uh... Two years, probably. Uh, what? Yeah. Wow. Do Do you not want your car to run? No, I'm cheap. Have you been adding oil? Well, but... No. What? If you're cheap, you should do it more regularly, because if you don't do that, you're going to have to... Yeah, like I'm, $20. I'm, I'm cheap and lazy, which is sort of a deadly combination, so... It's a deadly combination for your car. If you had an add an oil to your car in two years... Yeah, it's probably been that long. You're probably not, you probably don't have any oil left. It got me here, didn't it? Or it's filthy. It got you this time. <laughs> your oil is so filthy. Oh my God, your poor car. Yeah. Your poor car. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. If there's no episode uh, 25, it's because I couldn't get here because my car died. I'm just yeah. going to like, I don't, do we just need to like do it for you? Yeah, my intervention I think is what's coming. Oh my coming. goodness. Yes. I mean, I'm lazy too, but I mean... That's beyond pee in the shower lazy. <laughs> That's like, That's I don't care about this $30,000 piece of equipment. Right. Uh, I don't care. She's on her way out. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I went and did the oil change. Well, yeah, and I, I sat there and read, read animal rights stuff, and I left a copy of Veg News in the lobby yeah. of my dealership. It was nice. nice. Yeah, I mean, figure out a way to... Get the most out of your uh, oil change. Give you can leave stuff second. everywhere you go. Yeah, you absolutely can. And if other people are sitting there, then they have to see that you're reading animal rights stuff. Yeah, but it's true. So anyway, keep your keep your uh, tires properly inflated because driving isn't great. It's not good. But if you're going to do it, do it with the right amount of pressure in your tires. Right. At least. at the very At the very least. At the very least. From, for, for mother of God, for the, what? I don't know. For the love of God. I don't yes. know. For the love of God. I don't know where mother came from. Oh boy. Let's, let, can, Ryan, get me out of here. Are, Mo move this along, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't, do we want to even shout out to anybody? Shout out! Shout out! Okay, so I've got one shout out I can do. Uh, and that is a specific one. And that one would be, I am shouting out to Ron Jefferson. Ron Jefferson. Ron Jefferson, who listens to MVR on a four-hour commute that happens weekly. Barfasaurus. I know. So, um, 
thank you for having, well, I guess you would be thanking us really for making your commute a little bit less sucky, which I appreciate. But um, there, now it's even less sucky. Or maybe a more bit sucky. Less. Why? Well, I guess it depends on how interesting we are. Oh, yeah. Well, what else is Ron going to do? He's sitting in the car for four hours. I mean, listening yeah. to us talk about... In a four-hour commute, chances are your radio options change. Yeah. Your stations may change. Well, I know, but I mean, I'm just saying if you're stuck in a car with nothing to do, listening to us talk about astrology can't be that bad. Fair. So, although I know, I know Ron personally, and he probably thinks everything that has to do with astrology is complete horseshit, but... That's fine. <laughs> That's fine by me. So, all right. Well, keep driving, Ron. Drive safe. <laughs> Bye. I want to give a shout out to me whose birthday's coming up. Oh. I'm just saying. January 29th? Maybe? I'm just saying. What's your sign? Capricorn. No. I'm Aquarius. Aquarius. Oh. Which should be blatantly obvious to everybody if you haven't figured that, that out yet. Yes. Aquarius. I am I am like textbook Aquarius. What is it? Tell me about Aquarius's Aquarii. Aquarii. <sighs> um. I don't what. This should be good. I don't know. Creative, independent, emotional. Um. Loyal. I'm, Anything bad. Stubborn. Hmm. Lots of bad stuff. Of course, I only ever think of the good stuff. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot to it, of course. I'm a Taurus. Aren't you a Taurus, too? No, I'm a Sagittarius. You're a Sagittarius. My mother's a Taurus. Oh. My husband's a Scorpio. I am a Taurus, and I am loyal as well, stubborn as well. Um, I can only think of the bad stuff. No, loyal is good. That's Sagittarius, um, too. Loyal, loyal and stubborn. I guess MVR is in good hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm also same. apparently materialistic, I think. Oh. Or is that because I'm a monkey in the Chinese game? I don't know. That's oh, probably the monkey, because I am that, too. Yeah. <laughs> materialistic. Mm-hmm. I care about material things. You guys are both monkeys? Yes. Wow. What are you? A dog. I'm a dog. Dog. What year were you born? 82. Oh, you're like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're so little. Wow, that makes me feel better. You're so yeah. <laughs> it's the oh, which is so funny because I don't know. I I still feel like uh okay, being born in 1980 makes me young forever. I don't know why. Okay, I'm, let me tell you this about me and then we'll read yours. This is so relevant, but this is a short episode. So, if you're bored, you can shut it off here or you can hear us ramble. I want to know. Okay. Aquarius are witty, clever, humanitarian, inventive, original, stubborn, sarcastic, rebellious, and aloof. No. Aquarius personality is very independent. Any attempt to hold them down or restrict them will cause them to flee. They need to be free to be on their own. Independence is not just desired by Aquarius. It is essential to their well-being. Doesn't sound like Ryan at all. That sounds like a, Macon's for a good co-host. Yes. <laughs> you are, oh, I love this for you. Okay, Taurus is dependable, persistent, loyal, patient, and generous. I would agree. Cool. Your weaknesses are stubborn, lazy, possessive, Ooh. materialistic, and self-indulging. Self-indulging? 
Whoa. Taurus is not I the must one. Have, there's something canceling that out. Taurus is not the one who ventures out into the unknown and leads the way. True. What? Taurus is the one that will follow the leader and strengthen and build upon the discovered. All right. Not true. In other words, they're the one that will dot the I's and cross the T's. Oh, hmm. I don't know about that. There must be something in a moon somewhere. Taurus is not a follower, but they're not the brave one either. Hmm. Okay, I don't That seems like that a lot of contradictions in that it online does. thing. Yeah. I don't know. All right, Sagittarius. All you have, you have two. Independent and unemotional. There we go. That's it for you. I'm like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? They crave adventure and That's excitement. It? I can't think of two better things, to be honest. <laughs> you want Sag a sidekick, Sagittarius. Sagittarius yeah. <laughs> is the sign of the philosopher and the explorer. They will go as far as the road will go and explore every corner thoroughly in their eternal search for wisdom. And Elliot will bring microphones yes. along the way. Also like to record. Some they like wires. Computers. And beer. Does it say about beer? Does it, it doesn't say, say anything about beer. Oh. I'm exploring that, that road. <laughs> without emotion. Yeah, without emotion. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Sagittarius are not emotional, not emotional, moody people. In fact, they can be downright emotionally detached, but they do get irritable when they are bored. Ooh, I've never been. I haven't been bored in the last ten years. That's not okay. a problem. Okay, that's good. We better make sure that we never get boring. <laughs> How I don't want to hang out with Elliot when he's irritable. <laughs> yes. How to attract a Sagittarius, ladies? Oh, this is interesting. Oh yeah. Because Elliot's our, single. Yeah. He's our eligible bachelor. Yes. Talk to them. Ask them questions about themselves. Offer them beer. Share stories. Make them laugh. But do not pry into intimate details about their life. Keep your emotional distance and they will be attracted to you. Suggest an outdoor date. Something wild and wacky. Like frisbee golf. Like floating on a boat down the river, then having a picnic by the riverside. Or on an island in the middle of the river or a sand dune, which is what Brandon and I did when we went kayaking. Yeah. What? <laughs> You don't like that? That sounds boring. Yes. They're the biggest commitment phobic of all the zodiac signs. Wow. Enjoy the time you spent with Sagittarius and be prepared to move on or at least share them with others because they will be doing the same. Wow. Being exposed to international radio. Yes. International at this International radio. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had no idea you were such a floozy. Yeah. It's oh. a nice way to put it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man, it wasn't boring. We had a picnic on a sand dune, except it was really hard to find anywhere to sit because of all the goose poop. Yes. So that was not romantic. Right. It's kind of stinky. It doesn't matter, though. We're not even talking about the radio show anymore. No. Yes, turn into the uh, astrology show. Uh, should we just be done? Should we let these poor people go? They're well, not getting anything else quality out of us today. Yeah, we didn't really have shout outs today. So, what are you trying to tell us? No, I was wondering if we had shout-outs, but you just answered that. Do you oh. have a shout-out? Uh, I want to shout-out to all Sagittarius people out there. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Man. Stay steadfast. I Emotions wanna... suck. <laughs> Emotions suck. Yes. I want to shout-out to all my Aquarians out there. All my fellow rainbow children. Rainbow children. Oh, man. All you hippy-dippy Aquarians. Well, I, I'm sticking with the rescuers, man. 
All right, you're just shouting out to rescuers? Yeah. The rescuers down under? The rescuers and, yeah, people who foster and people who adopt homeless animals. That's, okay. All of you, all of you are good people in that regard. Thanks. All right. All right. Well, till next time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for this episode. <laughs> Sorry for the last half of this episode. The last, the first half was awesome. Until next time. Right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.